Hi, I'm Rebecca Pete, And I'm Rebecca Cochran. And, and welcome, welcome to Woven, where we strive to be Christians living in the world with intention. And our prayer is that, to paraphrase Mary Zimmer, the Christ who knew Mary and Martha would show us the way of balance. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Hello, welcome back to our Fun Stuff series. We are so excited because I didn't realize this, Angela, but we haven't had you on since August. Wow. Yeah. So um, we're welcoming back Dr. Angela Schaffner. She, um, if you listen to our episodes on body image, she was our guest then. She also did an episode on uh, being a good steward of media consumption. So now we're welcoming her back to talk about something fun. Fun. We're talking about fun today. Fun is fun. Um, And Angela thinks this is so important that she included a chapter about it in her most, her not her most recent book, her first book that just recently <laughs> launched, which we're really excited about. And we'll talk about that later. But um, we are going to talk about why your faith needs fun. This is a whole uh, week in your Bible study you just did. And um, we're going to be talking about play, flow, all of the different things that um, we just don't, we do them naturally as kids. And then we just stop doing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Why do you think that is? Well, I think one major reason is that our culture doesn't really encourage it. I think mm. we live in a culture that prioritizes and rewards productivity and achievement and yeah. rewards when we're able to get things done and have yeah. something to show for it. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much value, though, in play and keeping keeping a balance between work and play. I mean, there's so much, there's so much that's important about meaningful work. And for sure, I think that's a biblical concept and it's something that we all need to find and value. But um, play is so important, too. And I think that's something that our culture doesn't push as much at all. I mean, you know, we're not really encouraged to be sure that we carve out time just for the sake of having fun. And the true meaning of play is something that you're doing. It can look different for every person what that is. Mm -hmm. But the one essential component of play is that you're doing it just for the sake of having fun, not for any other reason. Yeah. And I think a lot of us think like, must be nice. Right. You know, or we kind of get into that mode where we're just like, that's time for that. It's viewed more as a luxury or maybe something that I would do on vacation. Or if I have some leftover time, then I'll use it for play. It's not seen as something to prioritize. I don't think. In yeah. my head, I think of, and this is faulty thinking, but if I was yeah. to be asked initially about it, I think, okay, play is for children, mm-hmm. and then play is for when you're retired. Mm-hmm. But those inner gear, right. that's for work. Right. Like, And obviously, that's not that cut and dry in real right. life, but in my head, mm-hmm. that's where I would go. As mm-hmm. I mean, that those, Or my focus right now is my kids play, mm-hmm. not my play. Right. So, um, and I, I see it as very, like... Mm-hmm season oriented instead of Mm, trying to figure out how to link play into my entire life. Yeah. I also think among Christians in particular that we can view it as selfish sometimes to take time for play, to take, you know, to do something just because it's fun for us. Yeah. We question whether that's actually a Christian value because we, we see so much importance in putting others before ourselves and, giving to others and certainly that is important and we get into that role so much as a parent or Mm -hmm. family member or in our in our work or in many different kinds of scenarios but um you know a lot of people that I see in therapy actually question 
even coming to therapy, that's that's not really play, I guess, but it's it's something they're doing for themselves. And they'll question, yeah. am I selfish for doing this, mm-hmm. for taking mm-hmm. this time, for finding childcare so I can come here, or, you know, taking time that I otherwise could be spending helping people, Yeah, you know, yeah. viewing that as selfish, and people view play, I think, the same way sometimes. Well, I'm glad you said that, because I think, like, play is part of self-care, mm-hmm. but a lot of self-care isn't play. Right. So it's like two separate things. It's Definitely. a thing and a thing. Yeah. Um, but it is a huge part of self-care because mm-hmm. I've been having this conversation with Chris a lot lately where we're just like, just human maintenance is just taking over our lives. And we're like, it, yeah. it, we're mm-hmm. not even having fun. It's like yeah. by the time I like exercise and plan meals that are healthy and like do all these things, it's just like, mm-hmm. who has time to have fun? And so, but I think like when we think of self-care, we don't automatically lump play or enjoyment into that. Like a lot of times our self-care is just like maintenance. And this is a way of getting out of that maintenance mode and Mm -hmm. into just like being a human being instead of a human doing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is really important. And I, there's a quote, you quote, Stuart Brown Mm -hmm. says that the opposite of play is not work. It's depression. Yes. And that really um, kind of. I've been thinking about that a lot mm-hmm. since I read that. And I do think that's really true. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little? Sure. I'd be glad to. And that's a good question. Um, you know, I think one of the hallmark signs of depression is when someone stops taking part in things that bring them joy, that things mm-hmm. that they typically would be interested in. Mm-hmm. And that's something to look for in yourself or in people around you if you're questioning if you or someone else is dealing with depression, you know, things that you would typically get excited about and have fun doing are those things that you're starting to lose interest in or that somebody else is starting to lose interest in. Yeah. That's a huge major red flag for depression. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, but the good news is the opposite of that can be true that, Mm -hmm. you know, if you feel like you are becoming depressed or in a place where you're prone to depression, Seeking out play can be a huge benefit to you, and prioritizing play um, can be a way to really, um, you know, cope with that tendency toward depression. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, we hear depression, and we're just like, (gasps) like, it sounds, but I, I mean, even, like, we have, I mean, this is not a problem unique to people with children, but, like, we're just kind of in that mode, my husband mm-hmm. and I, where we're just kind of like, you know, going about life and getting everything done. And, and we're not like depressed, but we're just mm-hmm. sort of in that like productivity, get it done, yeah. like kind of thing. And I think um, even in that, like we were kind of in those moments where we're like, what day is it? Like, yeah. is it already almost February? Like all those like things that we do, I think stopping to play, mm-hmm. which gets us into flow, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But yeah. that is just really important, even if you're just kind of feeling like you're in monotony. Right. Yeah. Right. You don't, you certainly don't have to be depressed to have a lack of play in your life. I think many, many people are just in that, what you're describing, that productivity mode and feeling like, you know, I mean, the to-do list never ends. Let's be honest. No matter what, we can have the most productive weekend, uh, you know, of our lives and there's still going to be things that we add to that list. So what we can't do is say, when I'm done with my to-do list, I'll make time for play because it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think for me, so I'm, so I think some people uh, are forced into work and productivity and task 
uh, orientation because of our culture, just where they are in life. Mm -hmm. And then there are some people like myself who like, that's my natural bet. Mm -hmm. Like I actually Mm -hmm. enjoy doing tasks right. and getting the work done. Now, does that mean does that mean that I don't need to, like, step back a little bit and say, is this really, really fun for me? Is mm-hmm. this really bringing me joy? Is there some other things that I could be doing? Yeah. But, like, I, I guess I just want to explore the idea that, like, play doesn't have to look a certain way. Absolutely. Because, yeah. like, for me... Yeah, I kind of want to know what all of our definitions are. Yeah. So, play. for me, like, play, like, if you want me to play a board game like that's the last thing on earth I would rather there I would rather do dishes than play a board game Mm -hmm. like I don't Mm -hmm. I don't want to do game nights Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to karaoke Mm -hmm. I don't like I'm trying to think of things that people do for fun that Mm -hmm. it doesn't interest me um you know I I really struggle like sitting on the I like to do Legos with Nathan Mm -hmm. I like to do but I don't want to sit down and like play Mm make-believe like Mm -hmm. you know like that's just Mm -hmm. not I mean I will if you know, they're begging and I've mm-hmm. tried to be a good mom. But, like, right. that's not what I, like, those things aren't what I see as play. So, for the longest time, I would say I don't play because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to go to a game night. I don't want to do karaoke. I don't want to, I'm trying to think of another example of something yeah. that I don't want to do. You know, mm-hmm. like, those yeah. just, I, I don't like crafts. Like, I don't want to go to a craft night. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to go make a blanket or, right. like, you know, like, yeah. like knitting, that, none of that stuff. So, like, finding things that, like, bring, so, like, the yeah, thing, what does bring you joy? Like what? Um, sports. So mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. and I don't take. And I will say, I'm so involved right now with my kids' sports, mm-hmm. like finding time. But like yesterday afternoon, like Miley needed to practice basketball, so I got to go out there and shoot hoops with her. Mm-hmm. That was fun for me. Yeah. So it t- killed two birds with one stone. Right. She needed to practice, and I got to play. Right. Um, so it, you know, but I, in my mind, I think that that is not an acceptable, like, that doesn't fit into the category of play right. when it does. So, I, 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 I right. mean, I'm kind of answering my own question. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say you can't play or don't know how to play, but it, play might look, it yes. just looks different for you yes. than it does for me or Rebecca or anybody else. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We have our own version. And yeah. I think that's important to remember as a parent, too. I had, um, I have a very wise piece of advice I got from another psychologist one time about parenting and I was saying to her, you know, there's things that my kids want me to do with them that I just don't enjoy, really. Like, yeah. I don't love um, Minecraft, for instance, or, yeah. you know, yeah. video games. Like, I just, I struggle to yes. find enjoyment in that. Yes. But my kids love it. Or there's other things, too. I mean, yeah. not just that. But um, she was saying, just find something that you do truly enjoy that you can do with your kids. Mm-hmm. And yes. do that with your kids. You don't have to force yourself to do things that you don't find enjoyable with them as a parent. But the same is true for yourself, I think. You have to kind of be careful, I think, with that kill two birds with one stone mentality because part of play is that you are just doing it just for fun. Like, not not to also check off a box of, well, I played with my kid or... I, yeah. you know, something that gives you that productivity. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it, of what you said, like, forcing yourself. I think that's kind right. of, like, the key of, like, is this play or is this not play? Right. Like, I feel like I'm, like, making myself do it. Right. Like, if you're saying, forced, like, a board it's game, it's like, okay. See, but I think about even when I was a kid. So, like, my question would be to people, what did you right. enjoy when you were five? Yeah. Right. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, tasks were what I enjoyed when I was five. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't play. Like, I had Barbies and yeah. never touched them. Yeah. I 
I read. That's pretty much yeah. it. Okay, well, that's you play. Know, yeah. yeah, like pleasure reading. Yeah, if it's pleasure reading, it's play. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. You know, it's finding the line between what is, like, educational that, that I, I need to do for that, and then what is it that's just pure fun reading. I think even educational things could be play for some people. Yeah. Like, I think we have mm-hmm. to be careful not to even put boundaries on yes. what is play for. Because I would say it is for me. Yeah. Like, I take joy out of learning. Yeah. Like, learning for is fun for mm-hmm. me. Me yeah, too. Me too. So, <laughs> right. But you know what I'm saying? Like, and so I, I and so I, if you would ask me if I play, I would, my first answer would be no. Mm-hmm. But then, because I, my definition <clears throat> of play is wrong, I think. It might be too narrow. I mean, yeah. because play could be getting a cool organizer for your desk yeah. and going crazy with it. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. that for some people is play. And yeah. and it, we don't need to put boundaries around it. Really, the only criterion for play is that it is fun. Mm-hmm. And that is the reason you're doing it, because it's fun. And if that's true about the activity, that's play. Yeah. Like going to the container store is yeah. fun for me. Like, then that's, that's play. Like, I was yeah. organizing, like, yesterday afternoon, I spent all afternoon organizing Nathan's um, drawers and his closet, and yeah. I, like, loved it. Like, right. that's fun for me. Most people, that's a task that they need to check off their right. to-do list. Like, yeah. it's fun for me. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I, my point is just that people, I, broadening our horizons of right. what play is for us. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I noticed, like, so I love to read, but I noticed that I got into this mentality, and I don't even know how it happened, but... Where I was thinking, well, I need to be reading things. Like, I need it to be productive. So, yeah, I would read, yeah. like, self-helpy books or, like, personal improvement books. Mm-hmm. Like, all it was all I was reading. Yeah. And um, I was starting to not like reading anymore. Yeah. And, you know, and as I'm saying it out loud, it seems obvious. But, like, when I was in the moment, I was just like, this is so weird. I used to love to read. And so, yeah. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, like, reread the Harry Potter series. Yeah. And there's nothing. I mean, I get a lot of it, actually, because it's brilliant. But yeah. I was like, there's nothing. I'm not, like fixing myself. I'm not like trying to like personally grow spiritually. I'm right. literally just having fun. Right. Yeah. And that is so fun to me. Right. Yeah. And so it was like, sometimes it's, you're already doing yes. the activity, but it's sort of like the, mm-hmm. the motive or like the way, cause like if you think it's fun to play kickball, but then in your head, you're like, well, this will be good exercise for me. And I really need to exercise more. And then mm-hmm. it's not playing. Anymore. You know what I'm right. saying? It's like, you have to kind of like, yes, this is reminding me of our discussion, you know, long ago about the the body image stuff yeah. and intuitive eating. This is kind of the same yeah. concept of, mm-hmm. you know, when you eat intuitively, you're listening to your body and your preferences and you're eating the things you want to eat, not because it's part of a particular diet plan yeah. or it's what society is telling you is healthy food, but you you are drawn to it because you enjoy it. You yeah. know, and I think the same thing is true with play. If you look internally and are listening to, you know, the unique desires that God has put in your own heart, that things that sound fun to you, and you're listening to that, that's where you find play. So how, oh, go ahead. I was just adding doing a very similar thing with reading. Like, yeah. I was doing the same thing, because I, I, I prefer fiction. Uh-huh. Like, I, I just do, but I read nonfiction because I feel like that's what I should do, mm-hmm. and because I mean, I think it's hilarious that I literally would pick a novel any day, but I want to write nonfiction. Yeah. But so I, I mean, I used to, I used to probably read a novel a week at uh-huh. some point, mm-hmm. and it's just gotten where like I read like one last year uh-huh. because I felt like this need that I need to read all this nonfiction and all of that. And so th- this year, you know, I'm not doing resolutions, but one of my goals this year, whatever you want to call that, is mm-hmm. trying to read at least one novel a month mm-hmm. because yeah. that is fun for me. Like, yeah. that may not be fun for everybody, but, mm-hmm. like, just reading for pleasure is fun for me. Yeah. And it was hard to, like, to make myself read that first 
book that I've read in Jan- novel I read in January mm-hmm. t- because uh, there's this growing stack of other books that I should be reading for the podcast or whatever else. Yeah. And so I've really, like, split my time of, okay, those books are work. Mm-hmm. And those yeah. I read during work time. Right. And yeah. then th- this book is fun. And this is like, this I'm going to do at night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm going to read for an hour before I go to bed at night. And that's going to be fun. You yeah. know? And so, yeah. like, really separating those things and not letting them bleed over. Right. Yeah. Well, I do think structuring some time for play yeah. is a great idea. And it's one of the things I recommend yeah. in the chapter and in the practice. There's a practice at the end of each section that yeah. is recommended. And yeah. So, um, you guys know you've seen that, but which I love because yeah. I hate when you read a book and then it's like, okay, good luck with that. Right. Like you actually give us like a like, <laughs> yeah. this is what you should do. Like, like here's how yeah, you do this. And yes. one yeah. of the first suggestions is to carve out time, and so it sounds like that's what you're doing. You're saying yeah. like this window of time is when I'm reading for play. I'm not yes. going to read that stack that feels like an obligation. Yes, mm-hmm. it can't feel like an obligation yeah. and be play. You yeah. know, so you're doing that already which is great and I think we all need to do that we don't have to be overly rigid but maybe we say one night a week you know Mm -hmm. it's not going to be my productive night it's going to be my night to do something that is just fun you know and you don't have to spend a lot of money you don't have to make it be any certain glamorous type thing you can just it can be something that you do at home or in a very simple way it just Again, I mean, the only thing that has to be true of it is that it's fun for you. So I could see this kind of getting into a place where people can get into numbing behavior and call Mm -hmm. it play. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, um, You mean with, like, food and alcohol and stuff? Not specifically food and alcohol, but I'm thinking, like... So it's the difference between when I get to the end of a day and I'm, like, bone tired and I turn on Netflix and, like, zone Mm -hmm. out. Okay. And sometimes I could be like, oh, well, this is my play. Mm -hmm. But it's not. So I guess my question is, like, how do you, and not to, like, overcomplicate it, but, like, how do we know when we're in play? Because, like, I can tend to do those things Mm -hmm. and then later I'm just more drained and tired. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think maybe you answered your own question with with what you said there, because I think we can look at what is the result of play. Okay. And when we truly experience play, I think think we walk away feeling energized and feeling like we then have more space in our lives to give and be productive. And that is one reason it's so important to have play in your life, Mm -hmm. because if you only veer toward productivity... Yeah. I, all of us are going to eventually burn out yeah, on yeah. that track, you know. So for me, I know that I have made time for play when I feel a sense of um, kind of like after you've had a really good meal, you know, like you just you feel satisfied mm. and you feel a sense of that was really fun. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And you feel full, mm-hmm. you know. And so I think that's something to check in with yourself internally If you watch an evening of Netflix, you know, what is the result of that in terms of how you feel? Do you feel numbed out in a negative way? And maybe it's been more avoidance than play, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's been Mm -hmm. more a numbing behavior than play. Or do you truly feel, you know, energized and like, yes, I've made time to value fun. Yeah. Well, it's like the difference between like something I do find fun is tasting new wines yeah and eating good food and finding mm-hmm. a new restaurant mm-hmm. so like that's fun right and i try to make time for that right. there's just between that and opening and drinking the entire bottle of wine because it's right. been a hard day right 
you know, very different experience. Exactly. So, so, you know, the, yeah. I, I would say that's a very obviously cut and dry right. um, way to like, you know, but it's the same thing with Netflix, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great example. Uh, and the verse that I put at the beginning of this chapter, yeah. I'll just read it. Go eat your bread with enjoyment and drink your wine with a merry heart for God has long ago approved what you do. And that's from mm. Ecclesiastes 9, 7. And I think that's important for us to remember, you know, but it's not just go drink as much wine as you can to escape life. That's yeah. not what that verse says. It's, yeah. It says drinking with a merry heart. And so there's a gladness and a sort of <coughs> mindfulness that I think is yeah. what is the God approved way to um, have fun with that, you know. That brings me to my what was going to be my next question is so what are some like biblical right you get just gave one but some right. biblical references to why God calls us to play? Well, I think primarily of Ecclesiastes because there is so much in that book um, that you know points us toward we can accumulate wisdom, we can accumulate wealth, we can have all the things that life has to offer, but there's a certain emptiness in that. And yeah. what it comes back to again and again is to find meaningful work, but also to enjoy life. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge emphasis placed on that as something that God seems to value. Yeah. Uh, to to value enjoyment, that we're not just here to kind of beat ourselves down into as much ministry as we can schedule and accomplish, you know, yeah. that— there's a certain joy that God just wants us to experience in life. Yeah. Well, and I, you also reference um, the fact that children are best teachers yes. in play, and then you kind of reference the passages where um, Jesus rebukes the disciples mm-hmm. for rebuking the children, right? Mm-hmm. And That's says, right. You know, and says that, um, we, you know, we can pretty much learn about our faith by looking at the children. And mm-hmm. uh, I just think about... I. It's so funny. I think you said, where is it? In the, well, we can approach Jesus as children do without pretense and without overthinking things. Play brings us into a space that is balanced, unselfconscious, and free. Mm-hmm. And it just made me think, um, so I already told Rebecca this, but um, so my son, Nathan, he, so at their school, at my kid's school, they're, um, they have like these nine character traits or whatever. Mm-hmm. And each month they focus on a different character trait. Mm-hmm. And every month, um, each class gets to send a representative that represents that character trait based on what the teacher sees and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. So, so anyways, this past month, it was balance. Mm-hmm. Balance was their, um, one of their characteristics or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, Nathan got it for his class. Oh, cool. And um, it was so funny because, of course, I asked him why he thought he got it. Uh-huh. And he stood on one foot and said it's because he gets <laughs> yes. So obviously he doesn't really understand what the character trait was. Yeah. But when I went and like, looked at the explanation, the biggest thing was is that the child mm-hmm. just Display qualities that they know how to. They know when to work and they know when to play. Mm-hmm. And they know it for themselves and they know it for the for the people for the kids around them. Mm-hmm. And they're very balanced, right. you know. And so it's just funny because I'm like, as a child, that is intuitive to him. Mm-hmm. So, and I think for a lot of kids, not all kids. Um, my daughter is very. She's very much like me, and she's much more task oriented. Mm-hmm. But I mean, for I think for a lot of children, it is very easy for them. Mm-hmm. To balance that stuff. Right. And we lose that along the way. Right. And, you know, Jesus calls us to look at the children. Yes. And I t- how they do things. So. Totally agree that children are, are great teachers of yes. play. And because they're so in tune and mindful and they're in the moment 
so much yeah. more than we are, I think, a lot of times. And we have to reteach ourselves in a way to get mm-hmm. back to not ruminating too much about the past and not worrying too much mm-hmm. about the future, but letting ourselves be fully present mm-hmm. in the moment. And I see this so obviously in all of my children, really, but specifically Zach, who's five, yeah. is particularly is right. Yeah. And Nathan, yeah. they are so in the moment, you yeah. know, and he yeah. can be sobbing about not knowing where his lovey is one moment and then the next moment laughing with joy you know yes. I mean he is moment to moment yeah. and there's something that we can really learn from that of not stirring too much about something that's just happened or yeah. happened yesterday or, or whatever it so is. what you're describing is flow mm-hmm. being fully well, in the moment right well I think they're related um, I, I really was describing mindfulness and mm-hmm. being present in the moment I think Flow definitely is related to that, though. The the experience of flow is kind of the this experience of optimal experience. And mm-hmm. it's there are several conditions to it, which I can share that I've written in the book. Um, people, during the state of flow, people tend to feel a sense of order and harmony. There are eight similarities in the experience. So, first of all, the activity that creates the environment for flow is challenging and requires skills. So there's something that really engages you because it's a challenging activity. Okay. Um, It absorbs you in a positive way. It's accompanied by clear goals and feedback. Um, The concentration required allows you to lay aside temporarily the concerns of daily life. So for me, Taekwondo is a really good example of this because I walk into the dojong and something allows me to, it's challenging enough that it occupies my mind and my body in a way that allows me to set aside whatever else is going on in my life. Um, It's challenging, but I lose a sense of time. I lose, um, lose myself in the activity. And you have a sense of exercising control in a difficult situation. That's also one of the things. And then time seems to occur on a different dimension, which is what I was saying. And you lose a sense of self-scrutiny. So that's an important part of flow, that you're not evaluating yourself negatively in the midst of it. Or that you're, like, not thinking of yourself at all. Would that? In a way, I think that is true. I mean, you're lost in the activity. You're just in a flow state. And that happens for me. I'm so passionate about writing, and I love when I can get into a flow state with writing. Um, It is one of my favorite experiences in life. And, um, you know, and I also feel it in Taekwondo. Sometimes I feel it when I play music or sing. Um, You know, those are things for me that create flow. But flow can happen in many, many different ways for depending on who it is. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, how would you compare flow and play then? Like the well, of those two. I would say play is any activity that you're just doing for fun. You yes. know, flow seems to have, um, you know, that challenge component to it okay. and the, the losing a sense of time, the, I think they're, they are related, but there's something different about them. I feel too. like, so for me, I achieve flow. I don't know if this is exactly how you would define flow, but like when I'm doing like a ton of laundry and I've gotten into like a, mm-hmm. a rhythm where mm-hmm. I've timed it well, where it's like one load comes out and like sometimes I iron and it's like that whole right. thing where that's flow or like a huge thing of dishes where I have to think about what to wash first and yes. where to put them out to dry. Mm-hmm. Like that's flow. Yes. And I, I kind of cooking's probably flow for you too. 
But it's also, it can be play. Well, yeah, I don't think that's, that's like that where, I don't think that's mutually exclusive. I know, it's not either or necessarily. Yeah. But I don't, I wouldn't say I, that dishes are play, but I would say dishes are flow. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, do. I don't, I'm not like, yay, I'm doing dishes. This is great. It, but it's like, I do get right. into a place where I'm just like, I'm in my imagination or right. I'm not like, you know, that never it's just a little, <laughs> it's a little different. It's the repetitive behavior and the like, uh-huh. I'm not thinking about any, I'm just sort of like yeah. doing the task. It's not necessarily yes. that dishes is pure fun for you, which would right. be play. Right. It's more that flow state though of you're, you're managing a difficult task yeah. and you have a sense of control over what's happening. Yes. I do not experience that with dishes. <laughs> I, I feel either. overwhelmed and yeah. like they're constant, but I you just, know. I, I feel love. I just got to get this task done. Right. I don't uh-huh. lose track of time in it. It does become a flow. Uh, it's not a flow state for me. Uh, Chores are not a flow state for me. But this but is interesting. Okay. And yeah. that's like, I'm looking at the clock the entire time. Yeah. Like, when am I done running? Yes. This is terrible. So that's I would really say fun. exercise, like for sure, okay. um, for me is when I enter a flow state, uh-huh. especially in yoga or Pilates. Um, mm-hmm. Something to, you know, that's like just enough challenge, but enough right. to where I like lose track of time. Mm-hmm. Um, running not as much. It used to be more so. And now yeah. it's more of a, it's more of like I'm looking at the clock, like when is right. this going to be done? But yeah, right. but a lot of exercise, hiking is like that for me. A lot yeah. of exercise is yeah. like more of a flow. State. Seems like the mm-hmm. more outdoors I am, the more I get into flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is yeah. I think I think that's true for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. A lot of us feel play when we're outdoors. I think there is something freeing about the outdoors yeah. that kind of allows us to to be more adventurous, and that can be definitely a part of play and finding a flow state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have this theory about flow. Um, what? <laughs> me and my theories. But, okay, think about it. So, like, we're modern people with, like, all of these modern conveniences. And what I've described, like, sort of the things of, like, hand-washing dishes or doing laundry, like, we have just lost a lot of those mindless tasks mm-hmm. in the sake of efficiency because yeah. we're so efficient and we don't need yeah. to do them anymore. But I wonder sometimes if that, like, has a connection with how just sort of, like, anxious and disgruntled we are because we don't have, like, right. mindlessness in our life anymore. I mean, now mm-hmm. now we've taken that that need for mindless activity and we've shifted it onto social media. Or TV. Or, or TV. Mm-hmm. Or screens. Yeah. And I just wonder sometimes, yeah. like, it, it sort of like shows me how important flow is because mm-hmm. we're, we're seeking it right. a lot of times now in kind of unhealthy ways yeah. because we just need the mindless whatever, the scrolling or the, the washing or the hanging up or like those activities, we need that. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of data out there that shows that that when you go into like a flow state where you're mm-hmm. just in mindless activity is when you become the most creative too. Mm. And so, you know, mm-hmm. when you, when you're not having to concentrate on, on what it is that you're doing mm-hmm. and you're just, you're just doing a repetitive type of yeah. behavior, then like your brain is able to be more creative in those instances. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm thinking, uh, you know, like doing laundry or dishes or yeah. mm-hmm. like that, if we can, my tendency is to like do dishes while I'm listening to a podcast or while mm-hmm. I'm yeah. so that it doesn't multitasking. It, I'm multitasking. Yeah. I'm always a multitasking. I yeah. never just do a task mm-hmm. and let my brain shut off. Like mm-hmm. I never yeah. do. I don't even drive and let my brain shut yeah. off. I'm listening to something or calling somebody on the phone or whatever. Like right. I never let my brain shut off. Yeah. So to me, like that would be the purpose of like mm-hmm. the, literally the only time my brain shuts off is when I'm in yoga. That is it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that being more more intentional about maybe when I am folding the laundry, mm-hmm. I'm not listening to something. Mm-hmm. Like just breaking up that multitasking a little bit. 
Right. One of the ways to pack, to practice mindfulness is to do one thing at a time. Yes. And we're all, I think, prone, and that's another thing our culture pushes, is multitasking yes. and getting as much done, being as efficient as we can yes. so we can be pulled toward that. But if we can do one thing at a time, uh, to me, I think mindfulness is sort of like a doorway into flow yeah that if we can slow <laughs> down yeah. and think about doing one thing at a time that that could have the potential to usher us into that flow state yeah, yeah. so whether it's dishes or writing or taekwondo yeah. or anything you know there's that potential yeah yeah so like what if somebody's listening and they're like awesome I have no idea where to start with play because right. flow that makes sense but play mm-hmm. like we've said think like a five-year-old what did you enjoy when you were five yeah mm-hmm. sort of think that way but like is there like what would you tell someone to try I, I think it's difficult because it's so individual but yeah. I do think that's a good question to ask just think about times in your life where you whether it was as a child or an adult when mm-hmm. you just had fun like yeah. think of the best fun time you've ever had and try to replicate that in some small way mm-hmm. so you know as a child I always loved doing drama and Mm -hmm. my sister and I would create like magic shows and do little um, performances for my parents. And we would sometimes do like, you know, acting out Grease or Dukes of Hazzard or something. And it was like, you know, just you're losing yourself in this moment. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, am I going to go beyond Broadway? Well, probably not. There's not there's a few obstacles in the way of that, but you know, what I could do is listen to my grease soundtrack or, and mm-hmm. just belt it out in the car on the way to work. Yeah. Or I can, you know, and that could be a way for me to play like yeah. on the way to work, or maybe I sing karaoke, which for me is a very fun experience and yeah. <laughs> one that I enjoy very much. Yeah. So, you know, for me, that's something that can be a part of my life, but yeah. it's like finding a version of yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. And letting that be enough. Not right. being, like, perfectionist about exactly. it. Exactly. And yeah. being like, well, this isn't, like, perfect right. playing. Yeah. I'm not good at playing, you yeah. know. And that's the self-scrutiny piece yeah. of the flow experience, I think, is, like, you don't have to be good at it, even. That's mm-hmm. the, yeah. And play, too. You don't have... That's not what play is about. It's Can not, you be good at play? I mean, I, you know what I'm I saying? Mean, I think like, you, what makes you good at play is if you're having fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How much fun are you having is really the only question to evaluate when it comes to play. Yeah. So if people are looking to play, I think first just tuning into their own experience day to day and catching themselves if they already are experiencing play. Are they ever having fun as part of their life? If they're even approaching an experience that feels fun, that's something to really tune into. Yeah. Because it may just be about creating more of those experiences that they're already having. Yeah. You know, this doesn't have to be this brand new concept where you invent you know, five new things to try this week. It may be already happening. Well, yeah, you don't have to compartmentalize. Right. You, and that's what I think, that's the gift of children mm-hmm. is yeah. they don't, comp- they make everything fun. Right. Or my kids do. Yeah. Like everything yeah. is fun to them. And yeah. they teach me like, don't compartmentalize. Like mm-hmm. make, if you're doing dishes, find a way to make it fun. Put yeah. on music or like, and that can turn into play, which right. I think is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. My son, Zach, we went to the dollar store the other day and he put on his chef hat and apron just to go to the dollar store mm-hmm. because it was fun. Yeah. It was yeah. fun to wear yeah. that. There, He wasn't about to bake anything. He just yeah. wanted to wear it. That was fun to him, you know? And it's like, wouldn't we benefit from just saying, 
Yeah. You know, just doing little things like that that are just, you're just doing it because it's fun. Well, that leaks into my my yeah. next thing. And so I also, my personality is one to care too much about what people think. Oh, right. And so that is a hindrance in play. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a hindrance in play for some people is like, I'm going to look dumb when I do this. Okay. Yeah. Or like I'm, you, or what you said, I'm not going to play right. Yeah. Correctly yeah. or whatever. But I think right. it's more of like, because there is, there is an, there is a, a lot, there is a loss of inhibition when you play. Mm-hmm. And some of us don't handle that very well. Right. Some people mm-hmm. handle that better than other people. But I think because right. everything goes back to a friend's episode. Because <laughs> <laughs> I literally reference friends all the time. But I think about when Rachel and um, Phoebe are going for a run. Uh-huh. And you know how Phoebe runs. Like she just runs with like right. a lack of inhibition and everybody's looking at her and Rachel's like, I can't do that. What are you doing? We can't run like that. Everybody's staring at you. And people's like, I don't care. And then Rachel starts to run like that and like feels the freedom of that. But there are, there is this, um, at least I struggle with it, Mm -hmm. is that you're, when you play, you're going into much more of a like more vulnerable state, Mm -hmm. I think. And, and, and you have to, like, at least I worry too much about what people are thinking about the way I play. I have not right. thought about that play is vulnerable, but you're right. Yeah, it really it is. is. Yeah. It is. There is this, because I, I always feel this pressure to like be presentable and everything's mm-hmm. together. And like when you play, things aren't together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. So that's a hindrance for me, for yeah. sure. And many of us have been taught to be inhibited yes. and to rein that in. Yes. I mean, it, you know, from early on in yes. school, maybe, yeah. or uh, it, it any different setting that mm-hmm. you may have been asked to stand in line, don't be silly, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. Do, you know, and, uh, you know, it's kind of sad, really. I mean, there's a necess- necessity to that, obviously, yeah, for yeah. structure, but there also just needs to be space for mm-hmm. all of us, not just kids, to be silly and mm-hmm. um, laugh and have fun you know yeah I try to wear something like weird every day just yeah. to have fun That's because right. I have found that I do because like oh that makes sense because you always look weird no it's more of like that is totally a four thing you have to do something every day to make yourself unique well no it's that's, that's probably part of it but part of it is I don't want to be like it's like I'm already getting dressed. Yeah. I already have to put clothes on every day. Mm -hmm. So why don't I put on like weird earrings or like just something that makes me kind of smile when I look in the mirror or like lipstick or not even weird necessarily. It's a wrong word, but like just something fun and different. Yes. Cause yeah. And so I find like, that's, I guess how I try to like not compartmentalize it. I'm like, how can I like wear something kind of fun or how can Mm -hmm. I do my makeup weird? And just like, who cares? Right. right? Like it's just makeup or it's just shoes or whatever. But and yeah. you're paying attention to that within yourself and noticing the fun experience that it gives yeah. you. And that is, that's important. That's something to tune into and make sure that you're creating time yeah. for that. And it's not that everybody listening needs to do that exact thing. Right. Because for me, that wouldn't probably accomplish the same thing. But when you say that, I think of like recently getting a little bit of pink highlights in my hair. Like to me, that was super fun. And it yeah. was just... There's really no reason to do that except that it's fun. Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And I like it. And yeah. it doesn't really matter to me if other people like it, honestly. I, and I think we all deal with some of that inhibition, like, are people going to think this is weird or yeah. or whatever? I mean, we do deal with that, and I do too. But, um, you know, we can grow in that, and we can give ourselves permission to play anyway. And the yeah. more we do, I think we'll experience so many benefits from it yeah. that we lose some of that inhibition as we allow ourselves to play. It's true. What is that Richard Rohr quote? Like the first half of life is like 
what does he say? It's like the first half of life, you're kind of like squishing yourself down. And then the second half of life, you're like unlearning what you learn to be acceptable or do you yeah. know, I don't remember the wording, but I think it I've definitely heard wasn't squish yourself about. down. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I know. Just like roar. I know. <laughs> But yeah, like the second half of life is like unlearning everything that you had to learn to be like socially acceptable and right. like all of yeah. those things. So there's no kind of reminds that. me of that. Yeah. yeah. We have to unlearn some things in order yeah. to give ourselves space to play. Hey guys, quick uh interruption to tell you that if you love our podcast, we're gonna ask that you consider supporting us on Patreon. What's Patreon? We made you a video. So if you go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Woven, you'll see our picture. Click on it. There's a video explaining it. But basically, we need support um, one way or the other, whether it's commercials or Patreon. And um, just to give you a taste of what a commercial would be like, here's 30 seconds. Okay, we're going. So, um, hey, buy my bra. Hey, I really like this meal kit service. (laughs) Hey, buy these leggings. These leggings are great. Do you want shoes made out of wool that you can put in the washing machine? Do you want... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, Do you want uh, Sherry's Berries? Sherry's Berries? Who wants uh, delivered chocolate-covered strawberries? 10% off with code woven. We don't want to do that, okay? So now, four, three, two, one. That's what a commercial break would be like. Isn't that boring and terrible? We don't want that. So go support us on Patreon. Thank you. Love you guys. Yeah, like, I want to be that old lady with the purple hair. You know, mm-hmm. like, the old lady, and you're like, that's awesome. Like, right. I love that you have purple hair. And you right. just give no, you know what. Right. It's great. <laughs> I think I had to do that somewhat with the practice of Taekwondo. Yeah. Know? Like, I wondered, is this a little weird for a mom to be doing Taekwondo yeah. or, or something? And now, at this point, I definitely don't care about that. It's so much fun for me. I love breaking boards. I love doing yeah. Taekwondo. It doesn't really matter to me what... Um, people think of the fact that I do that, but it's super fun. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I so, love that you do that. Yeah. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. I think um, this is really good. Like, what would you. Oh, so we have a little challenge for y'all. We, yes, we were going to do a challenge. We're going to have a hashtag challenge for a month. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do hashtag play revealed. Okay. And this is um, two parts. One part we are celebrating that Angela has a that was my Oprah moment Yay, for the my day. Book. Yay, she has a book. We should have had like um, a sound effect. Yeah, maybe we can. Okay. Um, <laughs> now, now, now that I said it, we can't. <laughs> maybe the sound effect. Have you guys heard Murphy walking around this entire time? Yeah, that's our sound effect today. Okay. Um, so Angela's book is called Revealed, What the Bible Can Teach You About Yourself. And it's just really good, you guys. Thank it's really you. good. But to, part of our celebration um, is we're going to do a hashtag challenge of Play Revealed. And... We are, which is like a pun. Yeah. So, but we're just going to be, Rebecca and I are going to be putting just ways we're trying to play on the internet. And yeah. we're going to encourage you guys to put them too. And if you do. I don't remember agreeing to all of this. But I don't. <laughs> you did. You did. Um, <laughs> and, either you and Rebecca Pina. P is going first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're doing yeah. it together. So yeah. what we are going to, if you guys, if this interests you and you're kind of like, man, I really need to, to play more. You can put hashtag play revealed on any photo you take of anything fun that you're doing. And we will pick at random a winner for Angela's book at the end of it. So, um, and you can enter as many times as you want also, but we're just going to be doing it. Um, 
hashtag play reveal. So I'll yeah. probably post pictures of green eyeshadow or something. I don't know, like whatever I'm doing. <laughs> and Rebecca will post pictures of her novels and. <laughs> Because yeah. I'm a nerd. It's fine. That's it's not nerdy. It's good. Okay. Yeah, I hear self-judgment. <laughs> I don't care that I'm nerdy. <laughs> I'm completely confident in my nerdiness. So we're going to make Angela do it with us, too. Right, of course. And it's going to be really good. Um, But tell us more about your book. I would be glad to. Um, I am so excited about this book. I feel like it's something I've wanted my whole life. And it's happening, and it's just absolutely blowing me away that this is happening. So I am honored by anyone who takes the time to read any of it. And I really do believe it's a great book. Um, it's got a lot of a lot of things in it that I hope will cause people to really reflect on the stories of the Bible and some of the stories that I share from my own life, and to pull something of meaning from that that helps. Um, teach you about yourself. So that's the whole idea behind the book. It's a six-week study. There are five readings per week. Um, if you celebrate or follow the Lent calendar, this would be a great sort of study to do leading up to Easter, um, but you don't certainly don't have to use it that way. It's a great group study. Um, if you're looking for something for a small group, uh, there's a facilitator guide in the back, so mm -hmm. it's very easy to follow along and use that facilitator guide. And so there are five readings per week, and then there's one weekend practice uh, at the end of each week. So me, like sorry. we talked, <laughs> that's okay, bless you. There, we talked about the play one, but each section has that. So the different sections of the book, week one is what the Bible can teach you about what you already have. Week two teaches what to do with your pain. Um, and I speak about some of my own difficult experiences in life um, and also just things I've learned as a psychologist dealing with, um, you know, sitting with people in the midst of their own pain mm -hmm. and sharing, sharing that with them and seeing so much healing that can take place when we do take the time to address our pain. Um, week three is where you find truth. Week four, how your relationships heal. Week five, the one we've been talking about, why your faith needs fun. And week six, it has to do with what is next for you and kind of answering the questions of, you know, what a lot of people sit with anxiety about the unknown. What is next for me? What what am I called to? Questions like that. And so I try to address that in the last section. And um, so that's a little overview of the book. But I hope that everybody will check it out and um, take something meaningful from it. It's really good. Thank I mean, you. I have really enjoyed, and it's really cool how you've woven woven together, um, <laughs> <laughs> like your personal stories with some like kind of obscure Bible characters, uh -huh. and just all of those things together. It's yeah. and I, I was going to say, I mean, I know it's meant to be a Bible study, but I've read it by myself mm -hmm. and gotten a lot out of it and really enjoyed it too. I absolutely think it can be a personal spiritual study. Um, yeah. Does yeah. not have to be used with, with a group, but yeah. even if you're doing it. Um, on your own, you still could benefit from the questions in the back and, you know, do some journaling or kind of have your yeah. own personal process around it with the, the guide in back. Um, but yeah, I think you can do it either way. Yeah. Awesome. So what we're going to do is um, in a month, we're going to come back and talk about what we've learned about play okay. with Angela. Yes. Yay. Correct. So this is our first episode i guess this will be a two-part series but it's not going to be um back to back back to back so we're gonna 
we're on Rebecca and I have decided that we're gonna make this like a play we're gonna like challenge ourselves here yes. um we are both in need yes. of knowing how to for play for different reasons but yes. for different reasons one of mine so I'm going to Mexico which is awesome. Which is awesome, but I haven't been on a vacation since, like, before the girls were born. Which is um, crazy, because they're four. They're wow. four. Um, well, I mean, I, like, yeah. not, I've been on work trips, you know, like, trips yeah. to the beach with my kids, which are, but I haven't been, those like. Are, there's a difference between family trips and vacations. Those are yes. not vacations. Chris and I call those work trips. That yeah. is not a vacation. But That's just a, moving. <laughs> all, all those things are, are moving the production from yes. one location to another. It makes it right. harder, because then you're like, ugh, I have to, like, set up a kitchen. Right. Yes, um, exactly. But we're going, and Chris and I were talking this week, and I was like, I, I don't know what to do. Like, all I do is I complain about how much I have to do, but I guarantee you that I'm going to get there and be completely lost. Like, I don't know what to do for fun. What do I do right. to play? So I, I... You guys are there for quite a while. Just, we're there for like four, five... We're there for five days, but... That's a, that's a decent amount of time. It's for a wedding, so it's like there's still... We're going to have activities, activities planned, yeah. so it's not like I have to mm-hmm. fill five days, but it was just funny because we were talking about it. I was like, I really need to work on my play because I don't want to get there... And just be, like, completely lost and be like, what do I do? I guess I'll scroll Instagram for five days, like, because I don't know what to do. Right. Well, set down the screens. And, you know, I think play is maybe something not so much to work on, but to discover, you know. Just kind of tune in to what do I really feel like doing right now? Yeah. And try to set no boundaries on it if you can. Yeah. You know, what do I feel like running out into the ocean? Do I feel like not running out into the ocean do I feel like I don't know I mean uh, there could be many many things staying up late looking at the stars or snorkeling or going out on a boat trying something I've never tried before you know I think new experiences are a great thing to step out and try because you never know what you might enjoy until you try it yeah that's true and I, that's, an, that's another area that's always a hindrance for me in play mm-hmm. is that I don't try new things well mm-hmm. because I'm a perfectionist. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. like, if I yeah, if I don't know that I can do said activity, I'm not going to do it. I do that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really bad about that. So I need to be better about just, like, trying new things without right. the concern that I'm going to be good at it or not good at it. We have to give ourselves the opportunity to yes. play and remove some of those inhibitions and yeah. um, like obstacles. And, yeah, and... Yeah. It, we need to be a lot more, um, a lot less judgmental with ourselves and, and just more supportive and compassionate. And it's not in, not something you need to evaluate how well you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Just create space for it. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And it's yeah. really important. I, I just, important. I keep coming back to that quote we shared at the beginning, like the opposite of work is not or whatever the opposite of play isn't work. It's depression. Yeah. I keep thinking mm-hmm. of that and like how, like even right now it's like, you could think of it as optional, but it is just not mm-hmm. optional, I don't think. I right. think we really need to, to do this for it's our a need. quality of life and just all of it. So, and I yeah. think it is really important to God. Mm-hmm. I have to think on, you've already thought on yours. I'm curious to see about your vacation because that's smack dab in the middle of the challenge. I, know. I have to think about what mine is. Mm-hmm. I'll have to, to think about that. I don't know what yeah. I should attempt to do. Like, hmm. yours just naturally fits with the calendar. Yeah. So, I have to think about that. So, yeah. About what my play will be. You'll find it. Yes. Yep. This is good. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so glad to be here. And we are so excited about your book. And we're excited to come back and kind of revisit how our play challenge went. So hashtag play revealed. Hashtag play revealed. And um, you could win a a signed copy. That's right. Of Angela's book. That could be awesome. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Have fun. (laughs)